She nodded three times and smiled. "'She is a little better,' William whispered to me, almost gaily. "'Whom are you speaking of?' I asked coldly, and immediately retired to the billiard-room, where I played a capital game. The coffee was much better there than in the dining-room. Several days passed, and I took care to show William that I had forgotten his maunderings. I chanced to see the little girl, though I never looked for her, every evening, and she always nodded three times, save once, when she shook her head, and then William's face grew white as a napkin. I remember this incident because that night I could not get into a pocket. So badly did I play that the thought of it kept me awake in bed, and that again made me wonder how William's wife was. Next day I went to the club early, which was not my custom, to see the new books. Being in the club at any rate, I looked into the dining-room to ask William if I had left my gloves there, and the sight of him reminded me of his wife, so I asked for her. He shook his head mournfully, and I went off in a rage. So accustomed am I to the club that when I dine elsewhere I feel uncomfortable next morning, as if I had missed a dinner. William knew this, yet here he was hounding me out of the club. That evening I dined, as the saying is, at a restaurant, where no sauce was served with the asparagus. Furthermore, as if that were not triumph enough for William, his doleful face came between me and every dish, and I seemed to see his wife dying to annoy me. I dined next day at the club for self-preservation, taking, however, a table in the middle of the room and engaging a waiter who had once nearly poisoned me by not interfering when I put two lumps of sugar into my coffee instead of one, which is my allowance. But no William came to me to acknowledge his humiliation, and by and by I became aware that he was not in the room. Suddenly the thought struck me that his wife must be dead, and I— It was the worst cooked and the worst served dinner I ever had in the club. I tried the smoking-room. Usually the talk there is entertaining, but on that occasion it was so frivolous that I did not remain five minutes. In the card-room a member told me excitedly that a policeman had spoken rudely to him, and my strange comment was, "'After all, it is a small matter.' In the library, where I had not been for years, I found two members asleep, and to my surprise, William on a ladder dusting books. "'You have not heard, sir?' he said, in answer to my raised eyebrows. Descending the ladder, he whispered tragically, "'It was last evening, sir. I—I I lost my head, and I swore at a member.' I stepped back from William and glanced apprehensively at the two members. They still slept. "'I hardly knew,' William went on, "'what I was doing all day yesterday, "'for I had left my wife so weakly that I stamped my foot. "'I beg your pardon for speaking of her,' he had the grace to say. "'but I couldn't help slipping to the window often yesterday to look for Jenny, "'and when she did come and I saw she was crying, it, it sort of confused me, "'and I didn't know right, sir, what I was doing. "'I hit against a member, Mr. Middleton Finch, and he, he jumped and swore at me. "'Well, sir, I had just touched him after all, and I was so miserable, "'it a kind of stung me to be treated like, like that, and me a man as well as him, "'and I lost my senses and... "'and I swore back. "'William's shamed head sank on his chest, "'but I even let pass his insolence "'in likening himself to a member of the club, 
So afraid was I of the sleepers waking and detecting me in talk with the waiter. "'For the love of God,' William cried with coarse emotion, "'don't let them dismiss me.' "'Speak lower,' I said. "'Who sent you here?' I was turned out of the dining-room at once, and told to attend to the library until they had decided what to do with me. Oh, sir, I'll lose my place. He was blubbering, as if a change of waiters was a matter of importance. This is very bad, William, I said. I fear I can do nothing for you. Have mercy on a distracted man, he entreated. I'll go on my knees to Mr. Middleton Finch. How could I but despise a fellow who would be thus abject for a pound a week? I dare not tell her, he continued, that I have lost my place. She would just fall back and die. I forbade your speaking of your wife, I said sharply, unless you can speak pleasantly of her. 